Don't talk about red side sleep, sleep when I'm dead. Sleep when I'm dead. Motherfucker wanna come through tripping. Welcome everybody to the exact show. I'm your Brian, Chris, big time Tim Sakura, who we haven't seen since the Sharp Bed days, but he's a bowler, and we decided to have him on for this special guest, PBA Hall of Famer. Too many accolades to go around and go through all of them right now, so we'll just get in it right now. The legend, Pete Weber. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm I'm doing pretty good. How you guys doing? Uh, I'm doing awesome. Uh, People don't know, this took about like two years to set up, which is so cool how we were able to still get it done, stay in touch. Um, that's how some of these things go, but you just got to keep on it and keep on it, and it happens. All you kids out there, you're trying to do it. So, Pete, before we get into some questions, I know Tim's got some bowling ones since he's probably the only one here actually in a league and who's decent at bowling, I'll just say. Maybe Chris is, but uh, we just want to know, I know you're the son of a former great bowler, so... A little bit about your upbringing, and did you get right into it at a young age? Like, how did bowling start for you? Oh, well, it, it was pretty easy to get into bowling. Uh, my dad, Dick Weber, uh, he actually owned a bowling center. So it was very easy to to stay in the bowling center and bowl. You know, he he taught all the kids about four years old. He taught them how to walk to the foul line and, and actually throw the ball. He had We had six-pound bowling balls that we did use handed down each time but uh you know by the time i was 11 or 12 i i was in the bowling center seven days a week three four hours a day bowling practicing different releases different lines and uh men's league at at 14 first game of men's league 300 that um, no way that actually yeah. happened I did. I just signed the application and gave the secretary the letter of consent for my dad and signed the application. First game, three hundred. Then they decided they were going to hand me a hundred dollars. Nice. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. So you know, I, I was. Uh, it was pretty fun for me, and so. I have to say, out of all the times I've bowled in my life, which is about a hundred. I don't think I've accumulated a 300 pins total. <laughs> and, and you did well, it your you first suck, don't you? Oh, I'm horrible. <laughs> Dude, they, I am Billy Bumpers, man. I would play <laughs> with bumpers on. I would request them at the parties. You know how people would throw bowling uh, alley parties? I want to be in the... Yeah, I want to be in the lane with the bumpers. I'm 36 years old. My wife out bowls me. I don't even like going. The only, the only, do you have fun when you do it? Uh, you know what? I do. I have a good, That's I have all a that swell matters, time. Right there. I have a I, swell time. I'm I got good the at bars other open. Yeah, bars open. Oh. I'm good at other things. Some would even say I'm a couple leg presses away from dunking at basketball. I just can't bowl. <laughs> I right. just, I, I wouldn't just, say that. I wouldn't say that, Scott. Not even close. No, like I say, if you don't have fun at something, you don't want to do it. But if you go out and have fun, then you're going to want to do it again. And, hey, I bumper bowled. I had a blast. I had more fun doing that than regular bowling. What age, and I'll pass it to Tim really quick after this, what age did you realize, like, you were, was it your first men's league uh, game or was it when you were, like, eight or nine when you realized you are way better than the kids at your age? I always find that fascinating that what time like professionals find that out. Well, being from St. Louis, we, we had our fair share of good junior bowlers when I was growing up too. So, you know, it wasn't like I, I was better than everybody. It just, I had access to the lanes a little easier, you know, so I had a little more time to practice. Maybe I was a little better in going 
walking through the approach and throwing the ball. But once you let the ball go, it's a hundred percent luck. So, you know, you, you know, anybody can win at any given time. So it's just a matter if the pin gods are with you that day or not. That's good to know. So that I still have hope if it's luck. Absolutely. Everybody's got hope. <laughs> he, he forgot the asterisk. Anybody but you, Scott, can win it. Okay. Bowling. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Go on, Tim. All right, Pete. Uh, real quick. I know you had to idolize your father uh, when you were growing up. Were there any other professional bowlers you looked up to or emulated or wanted to, to be like? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, when when dad made TV, it was everything came to a stop. And, you know, but as soon as he lost that, we were about the door back doing what we were ever doing before. So, you know, it was but uh, I saw Mark Rothbull 299 on TV, I think in 77 or 78. Were you guys? Yeah. born? Uh, no, we weren't. Oh, OK. <laughs> but um <laughs> I saw him bowl 299 and my dad was having to do the color TV that day. And when he got home, I said, I want to bowl like Mark Roth. So we went to the bowling center and did a few things. And that's how I developed my style. So, because I idolized Mark Roth also. What style in particular differentiates yours from, let's say somebody like Tim, who's just in a league. No offense, Tim, but you're pretty standard of a bowler, I assume. Uh, so, like, how? <laughs> what what differentiates? What approaches did you take that someone might not have? That was like unconventional, maybe. Well, I, um, I I didn't really do anything different. I I mean, I just went out and practiced what I wanted to do, and my dad kept telling me, he said, "You're going to be the best in the family," and you know, I just went from there and. Uh, I joined the PBA at 17 and and dad turned me loose and said, just be yourself. Never changed. And it worked <laughs> I've out. Been myself it, worked, all yeah, the time. it worked out. Uh Brian, go on, man. Now I have a question for you, but I it's bowling a, a 314. I mean, I know a lot of people. Whenever they get into something, you know, they have some sort of struggle along the way and something that they kind of have to overcome. But I mean, bowling a 300 at 14, I don't know how many struggles you could have had, you know, but did you have anything that you kind of had to overcome or like you just had a tough time getting through? Oh, yeah, I I mean, you know, it- 300 when you're you know i i had one when i was 12 in a junior league and uh you know that was the hardest thing i ever did was try to do shoot 300 i i my 12th shot i left the 28 a pin rolled around and took both of them out and i shot 300 so i got very lucky at that but after that I I went through probably I had four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, two ninety eight, 299s before I shot 300, you know, so it, it's not really that I went through anything. It's just a matter of over, overcoming the 12th shot and actually getting a break and getting that 300 game. What about like uh, mechanics wise? Oh, I no, I've I've had the same style since well, <laughs> since I started on the PBA, maybe even a little before. 
you know, people told me about my style, said I wasn't going to last till I was 30 years old because of the way I'm old. And here I'm 60 now and still going strong. Why, why is that? I, I just longevity, I guess. I mean, I, I don't really have any flaws in my approach. It's very smooth. There's no really herky jerky to it. It's all timed. It's all practiced and it's, uh, probably about you know 45 50 years of repeating itself so you know it, it just something that i i'm very fluid and people wish they could be as fluid as i am yeah when, when- i have something that happens to me anytime i ever bowl my thumb gets so messed up <laughs> i don't know why it swells up every swells time up, goes down yeah 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 you know it just it's it's a very it's various things it could be the humidity outside it could be it's too hot in the bowling center it could be it's too cold in the bowling center you know and it, there's so many different things to make your hand swell and your thumb swell and go back down it just sometimes you got to put tape in the thumb and, and then like three shots later you're taking tape out of the thumb you know so it's just a matter of being able to adjust to each condition that you run into I wish I would. I wish I would. I wish I would bowl against you. I'm going to tape my thumb up. I hope I hope your finger gets stuck and it gets taken off. As any, oh. Yeah, I, I, I wish I would have known that because like my fingers were too fat as a kid. So I would just roll the ball down without putting my fingers in the holes. And like it's my friends used to get so mad at me because they said it wasn't real bowling. We had some tech tech difficulties prior. But Chris is back. I know he had a question. Go on, Chris. Yeah, I have a question. So. I'm a big sports guy in general. And like you look over the course of time and you see how sports evolve over time from when you started till your recent retirement, how can you say that the game of bowling has evolved? Oh, it's it, the bowling balls have gotten more powerful. Um, uh, the, the kids have gotten, gotten more powerful also with the releases, especially with the two handed bowlers now. Um, but you know, it's so hard that, that when I started, I started with rubber bowling balls and plastic bowling balls. And then we progressed to the urethane bowling balls, which started hitting the pins a lot harder than say the rubber or plastic bowling balls. Then we went to the reactive resin bowling balls, which were like atomic bombs hitting the pins, mm. you know, and, and they gave you so much more room. They gave you so much more carry, you know, it, it probably made some bowlers. It probably took away from some bowlers. So, you know, it's just a matter of uh, I wish we would have never let the the reactive resin bowling balls in. Uh I'm kind of old fashioned, you know, like, uh, all right, how, let me ask you guys a question. Oh, sports yeah. fanatics. Mm-hmm. Why hasn't baseball let an aluminum bat in? It's dangerous. Uh, yeah. Uh, because how far would they be hitting the ball? Right, right, right. Also, they, they would break the 561 foot record. Yeah. Uh, you could also happen. So I could come, I would compare it to how tennis rackets might have changed uh, yeah, over the years, right? They allowed aluminum in for a while, and now that's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of iffy. Yeah. You know, in golf, they, they take away they the square grooves, which I'm sure they got around that somehow. Well, that's uh, kind, kind of like anything. Um, 
when something becomes a little more popular, it could get a little um, uh, watered down, I guess you could say. And now it's all for ratings and, you know, football. They just want offense, offense. So they make rules just for the offense. Defense is at a, yeah, the defense is kind of at, you know, the disadvantage. And I guess they figure people want to tune in and see strikes. They just want to see strikes. So is it a double-edged sword? Did you find, like, the more it gained popularity, the more rules were put in place or new bone balls you didn't like? Well, there's really no rules that have been put in place. It's basically the same rules that we had before. Yeah. Uh, I don't see any new ones, uh, except now that we're not allowed to use weight holes where we used to have an extra hole in the bowling ball to wait to even the weight out or, or make it hook a little more or make it hook a little less to, you know, just depending. Okay. And now uh, we're not allowed to do that. We're only allowed two fingers and a thumb. And then the people that don't use a thumb are just allowed the two finger holes with no thumb holes. So, you know, it, it's, they're, it's try, they're trying to make it even for everybody, but it, it's, they're never going to make it even for everybody. Right. I mean, it's just something that's going to go on forever. And there's never going to, it's never going to equal out. Okay, uh, Tim, go on. Yeah, so Pete, you won like a hundred tour titles over the course of your career. bunch in, bunch in the eighties, bunch in the two thousands. Which one was easier? Was it easier back in the day, or is it easier now for you? Now that technology kind of uh, it, it helps you a little bit more. Back in the day, I'm, when you were a lot younger, I'm sure you didn't need any help at all. But uh, well, any idea? I, I, it's, I can't really say it was easy. Because wow. I, I, I bowled against uh, Earl Anthony. I bowled against Mark Roth, Marshall Holman. Um, I bowled against Walter Ray Williams Jr., Norm Duke, Parker Bone, Del Ballard. I bowled against Wes Malott. Uh, you know, so it's kind of hard to say which era was. It, it, none of the eras were easy to to win. I mean, you had to work at it. So, but. Um, you know, it's just it's just an honor to to get to bowl against the Anthony's and Weber's and the and the Belmos and the Dukes and the Bones. You know, it, it's an honor to bowl any of those guys. Yeah, when you were young, uh, 15, 14 in the circuit, and you were clearly uh, better than certain competitors who were older. Was there any bitterness from the older competitors that somebody so young was so good? Well, not, not around here, no. They they were pretty supportive. Uh, most most of my friends were older, so yeah. you know, just from being hanging out in the bowling center, and so most of my friends were older. So I was very well accepted in in the community, even though I was taking their money from them. They were, you know, they were still very acceptive of me, and and you know, when they could, they would help me out if they saw me struggle. You know, they they didn't want to see me not succeed they, they wanted to succeed and they wanted to see me succeed along with them so you know it was kind of neat growing up in st louis and having the friends that i did in the bowling community that's awesome so how much how many times a week did you hustle players who didn't know that you were that good well I, I, <laughs> we didn't really have like big jackpots we we had jackpots that we bowled like on thursday afternoon might get 15 guys 
put up 20 bucks, you know, and then you'd have your little side bets, you know, and then Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights, we'd have sweepers, six game sweepers, top five, may, maybe pay three, four, five hundred dollars, depending on the guy, you, how many guys showed up. But it was always a fun time. And it, you know, I, I got some head to head match game experience out of that. You know, I got, the top five, I got qualifying experience out of that. So it was neat to, to grow up and, and both tournaments, you know, at 14, 15, 16 years old and get the experience I needed before I went out on tour. Yeah, it seems it's cool. You got a cool support system too. I feel like that's very important at that age. Well, it is. Cause you know, you got, I had guys that were behind me encouraging me to go out there. I went, oh, you're going to suck. You ain't going to go out there and do anything. You're just going to go out there and blow the money. So, you know, it's, it's kind of nice sometimes to prove those guys wrong. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Can't wait to do it myself. I know when, when, all of our friends have gone bowling before. It does get competitive, and you kind of have this little grudge. Did you ever have someone that you were that you would call your rival? Everyone, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> I, you beat me. You got lucky. <laughs> nice. But no, but no. I Walter Ray's always been a big rival of me. Uh, uh, I had a few guys here in St. Louis that were Leroy Barnhop, Randy Lightfoot, maybe a name of the past that you guys mm. might have heard of. Um, but you know, I've I've had some rivalries. So Norm Duke, you know, but Norm Duke's a fun rivalry because we love each other, so it doesn't matter. So it never got, yeah, it never got too vicious with Norm. No, that's good. You never want to hear that. Uh, go on, Chris. So I've watched some of your tape um, and it seems like you're a bowler who bowls a passion. So I'm going to go back to your iconic quote. Who do you think you are? I am. And even your more recent quote, um, you might love me or hate me, but you watched and that's all you could do. Do you think about like getting a quote like that before you say it, or are you just like running with so much emotion that, it just comes out so iconic. Well, the the who do you think you are? I am quote. That was kind of an adrenaline rush. It was supposed to who do you think you are? Bleep bleep in my house. <laughs> uh, so, but it just came out the wrong way, but it, it came out the wrong way in a good way. So, yeah. and, and the quote, love me or hate me, you're going to watch anyway. It's just a quote. You love yes. me, you hate me, you're going to watch it anyway, just to see what I do. If you love me and watching, it's because you like what I do. If you hate me and watch, it's because you want to see what I'm going to do. True. It's kind of like McEnroe in the 80s. I just feel like exactly. you have the most iconic quotes. Exactly. And, and when he was playing tennis, everybody tuned in because they wanted to see what he was going to do next. You know, right. so, you know, that's why I say if you hate me, you're going to watch anyway, just to see what I do next. To piggyback off of Chris, uh, Chris's question, how quickly did you realize how viral, if you will, to use that term, that quote became? Was it a day? 
was it like a week you realized, oh, what happened here? This oh, it was, a, it was about a day. I, I mean, by the time I got home, you know, because, you know, I drove home after the after that show. And uh, so I really wasn't watching TV for a day. So, you know, when I got home and I started getting a bunch of texts, hey, you're on Sports Center. So I turned it on. <laughs> you know, and then it was kind of like I was on the St. Louis show. And then other people from other cities were saying, hey, you made our news with your quote. So, you know, it, it became kind of a famous quote. It's great, though. It's like, so it, famous now. Yeah. Hey, I just I, saw it on my phone yesterday. It just popped I up. heard it on WrestleMania this year. When, when uh, who, who was on? uh no it was the miz and uh was it who was it, it was, uh, johnny knoxville yeah threw a bowling ball into the guys you know the oh, guys. That was Zane. That was who do you think you are i am i just made the 710 split <laughs> so you <laughs> know it's kind of cool in wrestlemania come yeah, on awesome. I, i've heard it on a couple songs so you know it's it's kind of cool oh that i think it is that awesome too because it um and maybe not how you want it but it did draw attention to bowling on espn and i believe the great gary thorne made the call if i if i'm not mistaken so uh, could have been i think it was gary thorne yeah who's great with hockey too that's, that's 10 years ago man i'm not I know. About, that. You know, I I remember know. about the game i don't and randy peterson i remember that i think it was rob or not rob uh dave ryan I think he was there. It was either Rob Stone or Dave Ryan. Rob um, it's Rob Stone. Rob Stone. Rob Stone. Right. Tim, you're you're our um, resident bowler. Yeah. Um, as as I like to say, um, <laughs> I stink. I've never been good at bowling. It's the lane's fault, not mine. Yeah, always so, is. They always, didn't put enough oil I down. Did. Always my the oil machine. Yeah, although I do fault. enjoy the shoes. I enjoy, I find comfort in going up and renting bowling shoes. I enjoy it a lot. It's a weird thing of mine. Like I even rent them when shoes. I'm not, yeah, when I'm not bowling. I'll just go sit at the alley and rent shoes. <laughs> I don't think that's something you want to admit to, Scott. Well, it's already done. It's they out don't the let open. that be publicly known. It's out in the open, <laughs> and it is what it is. So, Tim. <laughs> Do you have any questions as far as what you could do to improve your game? Oh, I I know what I should do. I should probably not drink before I bowl or drink while I'm bowling or do any of that stuff. But uh, what fun would that be? Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the whole okay. point. But like, but here's like my thing is uh, I I'm a decent average. Maybe I'm averaging between two fifteen and two twenty. All right. And all the people that I bowl with are a little bit worse than that. Or a little bit better, and they're like, "Oh, but you you should go pro. You should go pro." And I try to tell them, "I'm like, guys, you don't understand the difference between a house shot, what we normally bowl on, and what the pros actually have to bowl on, and it's night and day." And they just don't get it. We bowl three games a night, and afterwards, my arm is killing me. I'm like, <laughs> "Like, guys, I can't, I can't bowl like twenty five games in a in a week, like in a weekend. Like, no, it's not. It's never going to happen." Pete, can you like? Just let the regular bowlers know that it's just like any other profession. It, you, let, if you could do it once, like you could bowl 300 once, but you're never going to do it every time type of deal. Pete, let Tim's team know he stinks and he'll never go pro is what he's saying. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll, I'll let my mom know. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I bowl league too. 
Uh, I bowl on Mondays. I average two thirty-five. On uh, Wednesdays, I think I average like I'm getting handicap on Wednesday nights. Proud of you. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I still get, can't get over that, but it was, I was getting 25 pins in that league at one point. That's how bad I was. I five, you went into the pots. five ninety the first two weeks. You know, you know, you get a lot of pins that when you do that. But when you when you when you're bowling league, you're bowling on the same shot every week. You you know exactly what to do. You you know exactly where to play the lanes. So you know you're bowling on the same shot every week. You should average two fifteen, two twenty, or better or worse. You know whatever you you think you should be doing. But out on tour, I mean, th- there's different lengths of the oil we use. Like sometimes we use 32 feet of oil. Sometimes we use 36 feet of oil, 39, 42, 45. There's 50 feet of oil. And the the longer the oil, the more the harder it is. The shorter the oil, the harder it is. <laughs> it just it, it's so different because we don't use as much oil as say the house shot uses our, our mills are a lot less out there they they might be three to one instead of like six or seven to one mm. so you know it, it's just so much more uh adjusting out there in uh, you're adjusting in three games not bowling the same way for three games you're changing bowling balls maybe in the second game maybe in the third game you're changing your line in the third game maybe the fourth game depending on the transitions of the of the way the oil moves down and later just so many variables that that are in today's game that 40 years ago wasn't you, you didn't have to worry about well, I got to go from this asymmetrical ball to this other ball to this real weak bowling ball to this real strong ball. You had two balls to choose from, a strike ball and a spare ball. And now it's just so much scientific stuff going on with bowling. And I sometimes I just don't understand. You, you don't seem like an analytic guy. Like baseball has incorporated all these analytics. You just want to go out there and bowl. I throw the ball. <laughs> I don't like the way the ball reacted on the lane. Then I'm probably going to put it away and try a different bowling ball. Now, when that, you that's were, my philosophy of bowling. When you were just a couple more questions for me. When you were younger and you were able to obtain your own bowling ball, did you have any cool thing inside? Like I've seen people with roses in them or skulls, or did you just have a plain bowling ball? No, no. Back then, they didn't really, you know, in the 60s and early 70s they didn't have that nothing now i had two stars on my bowling ball two black bowling ball two yellow stars so uh, another thing when i would bowl with my friends we'd go midnight bowling um just random question here uh they call me big burgundy i like the burgundy bowling ball so what color ball would you prefer if you were at the rack and like saw it i know it's a random question i just need to know that Oh, I'm partial to like the orange ones. Mm, solid. I don't know why. I, <laughs> I think everyone like liked ones. it. I think everyone <laughs> liked the orange ones when they were when they were growing up. Uh, too. Line just doesn't cut it. And the burgundy, that's kind of like blah. Well, <laughs> at least the orange got a little color to it. 
You know what I used to do? I would try to find the lightest ball possible because I could throw that one the hardest. Well, yeah. usually the orange ones are like six to <laughs> ten pounds. So, yep. you know, and then you can throw them with like two fingers and try to hook it. So uh, I like those a little more, too. Meanwhile, the children's party is looking for the light bowling balls <laughs> and professional bowler Pete Weber has them all. <laughs> yeah, I got them all on lane one. Come down. You five dollars a ball. Yeah. He's <laughs> hustling these kids for birthday cake. <laughs> Hey, kid, give me your present. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do one more uh, quick round table that uh, people will let you go. Uh, Chris, go on, man, if you got anything else. Um, yeah, so I've seen that a lot of the celebrities have done these celebrity bowling matches like uh, Mookie Betts. I've seen uh, Steph Curry, uh, Chris Paul. How does how do you think that impacts the game of bowling? Like, Are you a fan of these uh, you know, other athletes, celebrities doing these bowling tournaments? Or do you think... Uh, Absolutely. I, I think it's great. You know, it, it's not just because they want to do it. They're doing it for a charity. Mm. And so they're raising money for charity, whether like CP3, he, he does it for the CP3 Foundation. Yeah. And, you know, all the money that come goes to that tournament, like all the tickets bought, you know, all the alcohol sold, all the food sold, everything, everything goes to his charity. So it's not like we're they're doing it just for fun. Yeah. They're doing it for charities. The Jimmy Allen, he did it for charity too. So, you know, and they actually he put on a concert right before the TV show was on, or it might have been televised also. But you know, those things are are, are awesome. They really are because they see us in a different way. We see them in a more relaxed way out of their you know element we're still in kind of ours but in a different way mm -hmm. you know so it, it, we're there to entertain we're there to have fun and we're there to raise money for his charity i got a follow-up question to that real quick so you've seen them play obviously like, have you been to any of the events oh yeah i did the cp3 tournament for a long time do you think any of them has a chance at going pro like if they wanted to be in the yeah. On tour with you. Do you or think who, has yeah. a shot? Mookie, Mookie Betts is the only one that I think could be professional. Okay. He, is, he actually bowled the World Series of Bowling one year in Reno, Nevada. Okay. And that was like four different tournaments going on. Like one day was, say, the, the Cheetah Pattern Tournament. The next day was the Scorpion. The next day was the, was the Shark. The next day was a Chameleon. But on one of those patterns, he actually shot 300 game. Mm, wow. And, and he, he has made the cut in a couple tournaments. Uh, he won the CP3 tournament with uh, Tommy Jones. Okay. So, you know, he, he can play. He's got Ebo's league. He has several 300 games. So, yeah, I, I mean, a couple of guys uh, I bowled with. I've, I bowled with Nelly. Okay. Uh, I actually bowled league in uh, the he's, hosted. He's from St. Louis. Yeah. He's from St. Louis. Yeah. And he, he hosted a league on Thursday nights in the summer. And that's awesome. I bowled in that. And I actually got to bowl him one night and he needed six pins to beat me. He threw five to tie. I'd God. never seen anybody run off the approach that fast out the door and get in their car and leave. <laughs> he was so embarrassed. Because all his friends, oh, you suck, Nelly. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> not so, a fun. 
to touch on, so Chris, so Mookie Betts was probably the best celebrity athlete bowler you've ever seen. Yes. As far as, yeah. Okay. Well, as far as seeing them in, uh, in uh, like an event like that, like a Chris Paul event or a Jimmy Allen event, uh, there's other, uh, um, oh gosh, the guy from the Steelers uh, running back. <laughs> Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis. I bowled with him in a Pro-Am. He shot 298, a natural 298. I mean, he threw 11 strikes and then got eight on his fill ball. But, you know, he he threw it pretty good. Uh, uh, That's cool. I wish I could name. No, that's cool. That's cool to hear, though. It's nice to see a guy like Mookie Betts could hit like 330, you know, have all the talent in the world, and just pick up a bowling ball and be able to bowl 300. 300. It's cool to see. They say he's the most well rounded athlete in all the sports. Go on, Tim. Time out. Go on. Go on, Orioles fan. Go on. All right. First of all, we haven't give Pete a baseball bat to see what he could do on the diamond, right? So sure. maybe it could Mike go both to ways. See if he could out wrap Nelly. I mean, mm, it could uh, go probably not. <laughs> oh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, go on, Tim. I, you guys have, I have just well, I got a couple more things, but this this is the first one. I, I think Pete will get the reference, but if not, I'll I'll remind him. Oh boy, what are you doing? This wasn't part uh-huh. of the script. Oh, okay, Dougie I don't Okay, I don't know what's happening. Explain. I don't know what's happening either. Uh, it's so, the I, I believe it. I believe it was last year. Uh, you came into uh, New Jersey and and bowled some action bowling down uh, with uh, our buddy Dougie on Dougie Vision. Oh, Delaware, right? Del- uh, Delaware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Delaware. It was the UVA, the underground yeah, yeah, bowling. Yep. And yeah, Pete, Dougie Vision. Dougie Vision. That's right. Yeah. Look Still up. got the hat too. Yeah, there you go. I figured. I figured he would like the uh, reminder. Did you? Uh, did you? Did you have any fun doing that? I know you. You were in some action matches. I don't. You know. Yeah, I, I had a blast. I mean, that was fun to to see everybody give so everybody so much trouble while they were bowling, like all the trash talking and stuff. And as soon as they were done bowling, they were in the bar having drinks with each other. And just having a great time. It, it was cool to see, you know, the the action I bowled was was just fine. One guy gave me a little trouble, and so I, you know, I had to answer back. But told me <laughs> I got lucky one shot, so I put the next two shots ten in the pit, ten in the pit, and turned around and said, "Oh, I guess I got pretty lucky on those too." <laughs> but I, I wound up winning my match, and then we bowled me and Kyle Troop bowled Dougie and. Somebody else and me and Kyle did couldn't bowl 190, and Dougie Jeez. Dougie shoots 260 at us, <laughs> so they beat us in the doubles thing. All right, and then just the last question: Are you uh, PBA 60 this year? Or is oh, absolutely, sweet, sweet, absolutely. We we lost one uh, in Jackson, Michigan. Uh, because we're having a World Series of Bowling there this year for the seniors. Um, but I got the seniors, Super Senior Masters, the one at Wayne Webb's, and there's one more somewhere. I can't remember where. <laughs> uh, wishing you the best of luck, uh, although apparently you don't need it. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, the older I get, the more luck I need. 
Uh, she was quick to say Delaware. You, have you been to New Jersey to bowl? Are you a fan of oh, our yeah. state? Or, yeah, big fan. Okay. Yeah, Carolier Lanes. Yeah. Three U.S. Opens there, dude. Okay. Just, That's just That's where my grandparents used to bowl. <laughs> yeah, well, Pete probably Pete probably beat the shit out of them in bowling. <laughs> probably. I don't know. My grandma was pretty good. She bowled. <laughs> what What happened to you? I don't know. I'm not good at it. Yeah, go on, Brad. Last round. I'd say all you got to do is have fun, and you'll want it. Hundred percent. Exactly. I don't have anything else. I do have one thing, and then we'll let you go. I swear to God. All right, it's an apocalypse, and you have to grab one trophy that you've won in your life, like the one you hold the dearest. Which one are you grabbing before you head out the door? The the eagle they replaced, the one I dropped on the approach. Okay. So I got a I got a new one of those. That's the one I grab. Scott, you'll you'll have to you'll have to watch the uh, the highlights. I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed how quick he answered it. Honestly, like he was ready for that one. You didn't even have to think. Like, I, that's, just... and that's that's the first time I've had that question ever asked. You know, that's what we do here. Sometimes we break the mold, right? I like well, to say that about hard. us. So just remember that. If you ever get asked that again, say that's the second time I asked. First time was by this schmuck from New Jersey <laughs> who makes hip hop music. So <laughs> that's all right. All right. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it, guys. I this was a little different for me, but yeah, what a what a good time it was. Yeah.